0: Welcome, everyone, to the Living with Tole teleseminar. This is your co-host, Greg Larson. And also joining us tonight is our other Living with Tole co-host, Leo Ristamunio. Leo, are you there?
1: I am here. Hi, everybody. How are you?
0: Perfect. Well, let's just get going right in the call. I have a feeling we'll have have, uh, not enough time to share all that needs to be shared tonight. And uh, for those who are joining us and uh, did not get one of the announcements that went out, Our topic tonight is going to be teachers or teachings other than Eckhart Tolle that have been uh, useful or have been uh, transformative on this path of awakening. And our guest is going to be Michael Jeffries, and he's the organizer of the Santa Monica Eckhart Tolle Meetup, and he's also an author of many books, one of them, Success Secrets of the Motivational Superstars. And he's going to join us tonight to talk about we can share a bit about our own spiritual journeys and then also what other teachers or teachings he's found useful uh, for people on this path of awakening. Being in Los Angeles like myself, there's a lot of spiritual teachers who come through this area. And Michael's had the opportunity to, to sit in with them and have uh, sessions with them. And he's also a wonderful reviewer of, of spiritual books. And he's got many on his website, which is Michael, your website is michaeljeffries.com.
2: Uh, M. Jeffries, that's M. J. E. F. F. R. E. Y. S. dot com.
0: Excellent, and there's a link. If you go to livingwithtole.com, dot com, you'll see the the announcement for the teleseminar, the recording. There'll also be a link to Michael's website. He's got many reviews of a lot of great books on there, and I would highly recommend checking them out if it's something that is of interest to you. So uh, that's pretty much the the, the t- you know an introduction to the call. And we'll just jump right in. I know, Michael, that uh, you know, you and it's a couple of the emails I've seen going around, you had listed a couple of specific teachers and that you were interested in talking about. But uh, I don't know if you want to share a little bit about your own journey and kind of what teachings or teachers, you know, uh, you know helped you on this path before Eckhart Tolle and maybe uh, those who came after. But I don't know if you want to share a little bit about your experience and what teachings you found useful in that journey you've been on so far.
2: Sure. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm, uh, I'll start maybe, Greg, before I got into spirituality back in the 90s, like a lot of people, I was a huge fan of the, the motivational school of thought, and I uh, wrote a book, uh, Success Secrets of the Motivational uh, Superstars, where I was uh, able to interview people like Tony Robbins and Wayne Dyer and um, Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield and the guys who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. And these were my heroes. These were people that you know, I looked up to, and, and I loved that material, the idea of being more positive, setting goals, time management, you know all the things that go into that kind of motivational, you-can-do-it school of thought. And while I loved it, and while it certainly helped, I I found something missing from it. It didn't seem like no matter how many goals I set and achieved, no matter how many external things that I seemed to acquire, uh, ultimately it it always came up lacking. There was just something about it that didn't seem totally fulfilling, and so the search continued. And... um, it wasn't until about seven years ago that I was in a Barnes & Noble and I came across a book that uh, I'm sure many of uh, those listening will be familiar with, The Power of Now. And when I picked that book up and I read the first sentence, I went right to the register and bought it because I said, Oh, the present moment. What, what a concept. A <laughs> big IP one, a- off. Yeah, and somehow, you know, and all the great motivational speakers that I interviewed and talked to, somehow, it almost seems incredible that, you know, these great minds like Brian Tracy who I interviewed in my book and, you know, God, these just super, super, you know, successful people that never really was a topic, you know, the now moment and, uh when I read it, it resonated. I said, oh, I had never, it sounds funny, but I had never thought to look <laughs> in, in the now moment. I never really, you know, that was never, it was always about what's next, you know, never about what's here. It was always looking ahead to, to finding something else. And somehow after you've done that and done that, it, it if you're lucky, it can dawn on you that it just, uh, you know, it never is enough. The the ego is is insatiable and it will always want more and you know, that's a blessing when you get frustrated and realize that isn't working. That's actually life showing you that, no, this isn't working, you know, and it just depends on how stubborn you are. And I was pretty stubborn. You know, I you know, you try and get as positive as you can get and boy, that's a lot of work trying to keep all your thoughts positive. And I went through that phase of, you know, I'm a positive thinker and You know, that too just just was too much work and it wasn't working. You know, this idea about becoming friendly, as Eckhart says, with the present moment was really what changed my life. That's, you know, that's the one place I had never thought to look was here and now and and going within. I would say those two things, looking in the present moment and and turning within rather than without. And that that really was the beginning of the healing that, that really everyone's looking for. We all wanna be whole and healed. And we're we're continually looking outside of ourselves for whether it's other people or, you know, food or money or drugs, something to feel that sense that we're not complete. And and it's 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 within. It's it's in all of us. And it's sitting right there in plain sight. But if you don't know it, it's like it's not even there. Um it's sort of like, you know, you have to really kind of see what it is we're talking about and then you realize, oh God, I've been sitting here crying that I'm broke and I'm sitting on a million dollars.
0: You know Michael, what obviously we're going to talk as we proceed in the call about other teachings and other teachers and specifically is there, you know, you've mentioned that Eckhart talks about the present moment, but is there a way that he presents the teaching that allows it to be more accessible or or in, you know, the way he presents it, it resonates more clearly with people. What is, is there something specific about the way Eckhart Tolle presents the message that makes it more accessible?
2: Yeah, Eckhart really deserves credit for bringing the present moment, I mean the power of now pretty much says it all, uh, to the mainstream. I think before Eckhart, there really hadn't been kind of a modern-day stage that that really – you know, wrote it in such a way that the Western mind could understand it. It wasn't filled with a lot of Sanskrit or jargon. It was pretty simple English. Uh, and then when he followed up with a new earth, that that went into ego and discussed how the mind works and you know, no, Eckhart really was the pioneer. But for me, and that's what tonight's show is about, it for me, and this is just me, it wasn't enough. I I fell into this trap of uh, with, with Eckhart's material, he would say things like, um, you know, make friends with the present moment. Well, you've got to be a little careful there because there can be the ego saying, oh, yes, I get it. The present moment is my friend. You know, hello, present moment. And there's still a sense of an I there that thinks it's running the show. And for real freedom, which... I think is all all of us are interested in. True freedom is non-attachment to everything. Everything. It all has to be let go. And so that was the value of going to other teachers, specifically non-duality teaching. And that played a big role. So a lot of the teachers I talk about um, that we're going to cover tonight are uh, from the non-duality school of thought that there really is no I but it's just life living itself through you, and it's never personal. It's just love or oneness or whatever label you want to give it, and it's not about the labels. And even non-duality people get into these little cat fights on uh, Facebook uh, where, where they play at by the You know, They said, oh, I had a great day. Oh, who's the I that had the great day? You know, that's all baloney. You know, forget that. That's just like nitpicking and and the mind trying to kind of get back in there. You know, let all that go. It's not about that. It's just about the fact that this moment, this present moment, right here, right now, this is it. This is the show. And the only way you can escape this is via thought. A thought can take you on a ride. And so the teachings all point at you're not your thoughts. You have thoughts but they're not you. Now, we don't, we don't say what you are. That's the thing. You're not a thing. So that's, I think, where the confusion comes in, Greg and Leo, is that hmm. uh, the, one of the traps is you can think, okay, I'm, what am I? And your mind can kind of try and figure out what it is. But actually, you can't know what you are. You can only know what you're not. And, and, and so it kind of sounds kind of funny, but there can be a peace once you come to terms and realize, oh, what I am is just presence, Awareness that something is alive and aware right now, right here. It's listening, it's hearing these words. It's present, but it's silent. It doesn't move. It doesn't change. Eternal, and it's always right here, right now. But you got to kind of quiet down your mind to appreciate it. The analogy I use is like a pond. If the pond if you have a still pond and you drop a pebble on it, it's very noticeable. And so to an enlightened person, when their mind gets calm like a pond, even a little pebble is very noticeable and that becomes like a thought to them. They go, wow, I really am aware of my thoughts now and they're, they're very obvious. But if your mind is active all the time, it's kind of like there's splashing going on all the time in your pond. So if a pebble gets dropped, and it's not even noticed because there's so much turbulence. So that's why all the great teachings, you know, it's all about letting go of thought, detaching from thought, and kind of getting off that roller coaster.
0: Exactly. You know, one thing I want to bring
2: up right here, just
0: as long as you mentioned it, like you said, a lot of the teachers, in a sense, they come from a, a philosophy or a a um, approach which is called non-duality, and that's kind of like a generic term that describes that teaching. And, you know, just from my understanding of it, Eckhart's, you know, really aligned with a lot of what the non-duality is, is teaching. Is that true or no?
2: That's a good question, Greg. And uh, I used to be very active on Facebook. Right now I've taken a break this last month from it. But actually a lot of non-duality teachers, well, I shouldn't say, you know, a lot, but there are, there are some that don't like Eckhart. Because they feel that his teaching actually reinforces a sense of self. Now, I, I don't agree with that. I, I don't. I think Eckhart, oh. you know, Eckhart is for sure awakened, and he's not doing that. But some of the ways the wording is, uh, it, 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 for a non-dual person, they would be a little more careful about trying to just keep this personal sense of an eye out. Where I think Eckhart wasn't really thinking along those lines, and so he freely uses the words, you know, don't do this, do that, as if there is this, this eye inside you that can do all the, these things. So, yeah, there are some non-duality teachers that do have a problem with Eckhart. I'm not one of them. I, 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 you know, I love Eckhart stuff, and actually after you kind of get free from this, this ego, egoic eye that kind of is very convincing that you believe you are, once that's seen through and let go, it loses a lot of its stickiness. And then you actually go back to Eckhart, and suddenly, his material is way deeper. He yeah, exactly. Really it.
0: Yeah, 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 perfect. You know, I just feel like I need to share this uh, just for those who are, on the, who are listening. You know, I uh, I had a big spiritual awakening in India back in the early '90s, and when I came back from India, the, with the first few conversations I had with someone, he recommended uh, the Dao De Jing. So I and he had it on tape, and he gave me a copy. So I listened to that. It was the first teaching that really kind of deeply resonated with me and, and allowed me to, to kind of grasp what it is I went through. Then a few years later, I, I stumbled upon Deepak Chopra, and I was really into Deepak until I discovered Eckhart in 2000. Mm-hmm. And even though I've been, you know, in a sense loyal or, or uh, just really tuned into Eckhart's teachings for the last 10 years and teaching a lot of classes and doing the podcast and all those things, I still am, am very tuned into Eckhart and, and this teaching. And I really, myself, I haven't had much of a yearning for anything outside of that, to be honest with you. So I really haven't read a lot. I haven't ventured out to explore it because, for me, the teaching is still fresh. It's still transformative. It still speaks to me. And so that's just kind of my – I just wanted to share that so folks know where I'm at. And, Leo, what, what's been your experience so far?
1: Yeah, um – I I think that um Eckhart was sort of the first time I mean through through you of course inspired by by your transformation uh through Eckhart's teachings and 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 uh your your spiritual mentorship uh through our many years of our friendship um you know I just I I, I saw that Eckhart had an impact on your life and I said well what what is this all about you know and so um in learning about him and and, and his teachings um, through our conversations and, of course, our podcast and everything, um, I think this has been the first time that I've found somebody who uh, put it so clearly, you know, um, and and really pointed to something that is non-dogmatic, really, that's not, you know, it's not about a religion. It's not about um, a a deity. It's not about a, a dogma, a certain... Uh, things that you have to do, you know, it's not codified, um, and I found that very liberating, you know, so I found that to be um, a set of teachings that allowed me to explore, uh, to, to seek out something higher than, than myself, you know, which is really what we're talking about, to, to free myself from myself and to, to, to connect to something deeper than, than the ego and, and the, 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 the thought of, of me, um, and, and so the, the language in which he, he explained it all just made a lot of sense to me. Um, and and I was able to um to accept it and it without a lot of resistance um and so I've been you know it's I think I would say this is my f- first time discovering something like this you know and and really s- uh, discovering it and accepting it and sustaining it um um and so the the thing that I've been um uh discovering also recently has been the uh the the podcasts that are put out by the uh, San Francisco Zen Center um and uh the 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 whole the, the buddhist uh, approach to to life and to understanding um spirituality and and uh, you know what we are and what we're not and and it, it resonates a lot with what Eckhart is teaching and and I think that Eckhart was really deeply influenced by buddhism uh himself and so I'm starting to sort of expand a little bit and 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 you know listen to some of these teachers these dharma talks that are put out by the San Francisco uh uh, Zen Center, um, and they've been really helpful, uh, and, and and just putting a different perspective, you know. So that's been that's sort of been the extent of my exploration, you know. Um, of course, I you know I was raised Catholic, went to Catholic high school, and all that stuff, and so I've kind of you yeah. know, I've got to, I've got that you know uh, education baggage, whatever you want to call it, ideology, you know, to compare it all to, um, and and you know I think that my um, spiritual Journey over the last few years has been discovering something, like I said earlier, discovering a way of understanding um, this experience, uh, you know, outside of the confines of a of a of a religion. Um, and so that's been that's been really exciting for me, and really calming, and and really useful for me on a daily basis, you know, as an anchor um, and as a way to. Uh, to, to To connect to something bigger than myself and put things in perspective really is what it comes down to um, so yeah so that 's that 's a little bit about my journey and and where i 'm sort of you know reaching out towards now, uh, which is why i'm 'm really excited to have Michael join us because I know that you 've you 've done a lot of explorations and a lot of readings and a lot of uh, reviews and 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 i 'm curious to see what else you know speaks along these lines what else um, is there to kind of Continued exploration, you know, beyond Eckhart Tolle and his teachings.
2: Right. Um, I was listening very carefully to you talk, Leo, and something you said uh, uh, jumped out at me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's very subtle. This 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 whole pathless path. It, it's really mm. a finely. It's like a sensitive thing. You have to really kind of be sharp because. Uh, but if you do, if you're able to do that, you can kind of pick up things and, you know, you uh-huh. i heard you say, uh, you were looking to, to connect with a, like a higher, you know, I forget the exact word it was. So you said I'm looking to connect something, yeah, beyond
1: higher. myself or something to that effect. Right. Yeah. yeah,
2: exactly. And that's kind of what I'm talking about in that the, the, the non-duality teaching and there's some mm-hmm. really great teachers out there like Scott Killaby is amazing and um, there's this new young kid from the Netherlands named Ventino uh, 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 Massaro that's just blowing up on the internet, and he is really clear on his teaching. Mm-hmm. And it it the it starts from a different premise. It starts that you already are. There's nothing to connect to.
1: Right, right, right. You
2: are. You already are. It, you know whatever it is you are yeah, the one yeah. already and you can't be made more the one oh. in other words you are the are all of everything so that again is the mind coming in there and making and sure. separation and the separation is an illusion
1: right exactly exactly
2: it's an illusion there there is only one I mean mm. it's it, 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 it's all you know for terms just for simplicity I'm just going to say it's all god
1: mm-hmm mm-hmm
2: and there's nothing that's not God. You know, sure. like where would it come from? So we start there. We start that we're already whole and complete and as much awareness as we're ever going to be. Mm. And, of course, the question comes, well, if that's true, Michael, why don't I feel it? Mm. Why do I feel separate? Why do I feel disconnected? And, and, and that was my question. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it turns out that what keeps you... <laughs> And it's so ironic that, you know, being a seeker, I don't know, raise your hand if you're listening to this and you're a spiritual seeker. Hey, <laughs> my hand's up. <laughs> and, 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 and that was the, the kind of the irony is that if you are a spiritual seeker, you will never awaken. Mm. Because the very act of seeking is coming from an underlying belief that you don't already have it.
1: Wow, that's profound.
2: Pretty deep, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so so these teachers who are very crystal clear on this, and they've recognized it, then they turn around and share it uh, freely with others just for the joy. Because once you have freedom, then... It's like you can serve. You know, people say, I want to make a difference in the world. I hear this all the time. What can I do to make a difference? Mm -hmm. The very best thing you can do is awaken yourself. That's it. Once you're awakened and free and you know who you are, then you're better able to serve life. You're better able to be fully you because your energy is no longer caught up in worry, doubt, fear, all that stuff goes because it's just not believed anymore because it, those were just thoughts. Those were just thoughts. Thoughts by themselves have no power. Hmm. It's you that gives them power. And once you stop doing that, and like I said, I'll go back to the pond analogy, when the water finally settles, when you stop splashing and saying oh, my God, I don't know what to do, who I am, what, you know, da, da, da. You just, you just, in, in the moment, right here, right now, you just relax into this. And suddenly, there's tremendous freedom that was sort of overlooked. And, and then once you, you see that, you, see, I, I was saying this last night at the Eckhart Tolle meetup. I'm one of the few spiritual teachers that come right out and say, no, this is a skill awakening is a skill mm-hmm. like any other thing you want to get good at in life you want to become a better tennis player you've got to go out there and play tennis you got to get the ball against the wall you got to play a lot anything you want to do in life name it there's no exception the more you do it the better you get and somehow with spirituality there's a lot of this stuff out there where you no know, it's by grace or you know it just sort of comes to you in the you know dead of night and there's nothing you can do and i don't that not my experience. My experience is you want to be present. Practice being more present.
0: You know, Mike, I have a question yeah. for you because this is a, a great, great thing you brought up. You said you know, uh, spiritual seeker, they're inherent in that. There's a trap of n- not finding what you're looking for because you're, in a sense, the ego is what's always seeking. And so the, what, is, what is the approach in or what is it, you know, and spiritual seeking is very popular. You know, all the spiritual seekers out there, you know, spiritual seekers are looking for this and that. You see it written in, the, in mainstream media. And so, but what, what would be the new kind of, I don't know if you want to call it a metaphor or a, uh, you know, a, a, a path that people can follow on, the, like you just said, you have to practice. So what is it that you're practicing? If you're not a spiritual seeker, what are you then?
2: Right, and on the surface, the mind or the ego will hear me say that and say, well, wait a second, Michael, you just said, you know, if you're a a seeker, then uh, you're never going to awaken because you're looking for something. And then you just said on the other side, but but you can practice. It doesn't sound like those two are, but actually, here's what it is. It's it's where you start from. That's the key. If you start as a seeker that you're not enough and someone else has something that you don't have, like... Mm. You know, Eckhart Tolle has got something you don't have. If you believe that, you're never going to awaken because what the, the same consciousness that's in Eckhart is in you. There's only one. And so what, what I say to practice is is what you can do is definitely all the teachers say that letting go of your thoughts or, or non-attachment to your thinking is key. Now... That's, you're not chasing anything. You see, the difference is all thoughts are concepts. All thoughts. I don't care how beautiful the thought is, how amazing the thought is, how spiritual the thought, you know, is or feels. It's still a concept. What, what, what I'm interested in is dropping all concepts. All concepts. That's the practice. The practice is learning not to believe your thoughts. And for most people, we've been addicted to our thoughts for as long as we can remember. It's a habit to believe your thoughts. But I have a question for you. Who told you to believe your thoughts? And when did they tell you to do that? And for most people, the answer is no one. No one told you to believe your thoughts. You just did it because that's what your parents did and you know everyone around you growing up, that's just what you saw and it just transferred to you. And you were an I, and you had a name, and you knew your identity, and boom, you were now separate. But if you look at a child, you know, a very young baby, it, you know, it hasn't learned yet, you know, what it is. And so it's free. And, uh, and ironically, we take the freedom right out of ourselves, you know, so to speak. In other words, we take that natural sense of oneness that babies have, and as soon as we train them to, to know who they are, They lose it. And you can see, look around, look at society. By the time they reach adulthood, even teen, you know, teenhood, you know, people know who they are. And if you think you know who you are, then you don't. Or like you
0: said, if you get at an early age as a teen, if you get caught in a seeker mentality that, you know, you need to be on this path of adding something to you the rest of your life, whether it's a marriage or a car or a home or a, a career whatever it is you need to continually be adding then you're on a, a path that's in a sense false or one that will not work or lead to a, a you know a deeper fulfillment
2: Yeah well it would be like a flower saying I'm not enough like is that like a tree a tree goes oh I'm not enough like I'm not I don't feel whole like what do I need to do to be a better tree like nothing the tree, the tree doesn't think like that. The tree is just the tree. It's just being. It's not thinking. It's being. And so that's a really big step in this process is to drop from mind and, and trust me. I was as mindy and intellectual and you know all that stuff as the rest, as the next guy and and to have an uh, opening of the heart and drop into it, which feels. The mind thinks life. It comments on life. The heart feels life. And and life is is a feeling. It's an experience to be lived, not thought about. Thought about is like after the fact. It's like, you know, kind of looking at some photographs. So a lot of us are going through our entire lives basically looking at photographs of our lives rather than actually experiencing and living our lives.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. You know, before we continue on, this also just came to me as maybe something we sh- that should be shared tonight, and if there, you have anything else to add, either Leo or, or Michael, please do, but just as far as what I recollect, what Eckhart, re- Eckhart uh, kind of re- refers to in The Power of Now and in New Earth, he mentions, at least more so in The Power of Now, he mentions the Course in Miracles, uh, he also, you know, talks a lot about the teachings of Jesus, and uh, he also... Uh, talks a lot about Buddhism, and then I'm, I'm trying to think if there's any other, if there's a, a specific teaching that he goes back to. I know A Course in Miracles and the Power of Knowledge is brought up quite a bit. Is there anything else you can think of, Michael, that Eckhart specifically himself references as far as other teachings or teachers?
2: Yeah, uh, one friend of Eckhart's, and, and they have a book coming out. Uh, you know what? It may be out.
0: It's, it's already Byron out now, yeah. It, that's right, that's right, with Byron Katie, exactly.
2: Yeah. Byron Katie is brilliant. I love that woman. And I'll tell you, here, you know, here's a good example of ego. I remember coming across Byron Katie's book, uh, I don't know, four years, five years ago in a bookstore and, you know, her, her four questions and a turnaround, I thought was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard. I'm like, wow, how could you like, you know, take all of life and spirituality and, you know, make it down to four questions. It just sounds so contrived to me. And, you know, I just put the book back on the shelf and kind of just, like, you know, shook my head, like, oh, how ridiculous. And, of course, now, when I when I know what the heck I'm talking about, because I've actually read the material and, and listened to numerous Byron Katie interviews and, you know, know what it is she's all about, uh, I was completely missing the point. The point is, and what she's a master at is... uh questioning your thoughts. That's yeah, what, if you want to know what Byron Katie told you, she says, my life completely changed when I learned to question my thoughts to see if they were true. You're and right, and, I and think,
0: that's it. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Eckhart even says that, you know, her her uh, teaching or her method is like a sharp knife cutting through butter or something to that effect, that it really is that powerful because that's the—it's really simple. It's just a, a very, um, you know, direct uh, approach to discerning whether or not those thoughts are true, and reflecting on, you know, if that thought is true or it's not true, how is that serving me? It's a really powerful process.
2: Yeah, it just—it just really, like you said, that that part thing about really cuts through stuff. It it gets right to the heart of it. Because what happens is a thought is making a claim. You know, let's say you send someone an email, a really nice complimentary email, and you don't hear back. Now, what's the first thing the mind does? Well, wonder why they didn't respond. Well that's weird. Huh. Wonder what their problem is. You know, and the mind <laughs> the mind has run away with this story of like suddenly you just sent them all these compliments. And all that's happened is you haven't heard back. Nothing's changed. It's just that an email has not, like, appeared. But suddenly now you're saying all these, like, maybe not so nice things about this person because now your mind's telling you, well, you know, if they really cared, they would have gotten back to me by now and blah, 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 blah. And so off you go. And you believe it. You, your mood, isn't, isn't it funny? Like a, a thought is like a runaway train. And instead of letting it go, which is what enlightened people do, they, they let it go. Don't get on it. Let the train go by. You don't have to get on it. There's no one with a gun to your head saying, believe this thought. It's really, really true. You've got to quickly believe it. But you've done it so long, your whole life out of habit, that you're on the train before you know it. It's like as soon as the train enters the station, you're on it without questioning. Why You know, should I be on this train? You just jump on it. Well, what if you want to go to Chicago and this train's going to Minnesota? You know, it's not going to take you where you want to go. And if you want peace, if you want wholeness, if you want love and joy, then why would you get on a train that's going to fear town? Or do anxiety or worry town? Why would you do that?
0: That is definitely an excellent question. And... And hopefully you can provide us with some um, some tools or tips as we move forward here. It's funny. Recently, I was reading an article. It was from the UK and the Guardian, which is one of the major publications. And the guy was saying, you know, basically recounting some of the the psychological or psychology studies that have come out recently, showing that you know mindfulness is you know where it's at. If you want to feel you know less stress. And be, um, you know, experience mental health in a sense that mindfulness is where it at. Except he says they're showing us that this is where it's at, but no one's telling us how to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, what what teachers out there, Michael, are telling you how to do it, or showing you, revealing to you how to do that, how to be in the power of now, or how to be in the present moment, and and what what are they teaching or What's you know what's coming up
2: for you? Right. Well, there's kind of two main teachers or styles out there, and I've, I like both for different reasons, so I'm going to give you a couple of names, and they kind of approach it from different uh, angles, so I've already mentioned this Bentino uh, Masaru, this kid from the Netherlands, he's like 22, 23, but he's an old soul, because his insights and his clarity of awareness, and it's called freeawareness.com, I believe is his website, and he gives away a couple of ebooks totally free that really explain what you are and he does it with, with no jargon, no Sanskrit. It's not complicated. It's very direct and simple. And so that's the first thing. You've got to find a teacher that knows who they are because if they're not clear on who or what they are, they can't really help you. Um, you, you, know, you can only teach what it is you're actually living. So that's first is they have to come from it. Matt Kahn is... Another big big name. I've taken some privates with him. He's an intuitive, and that is love. This guy is just pure love and joy, and he he's in a constant state of samadhi. And so, where someone like Bentinho uh, uh, or Scott Kiloby, they're a little more intellectual. Although Scott has a, you know, I'm not saying they don't have a, a love and a heart, but but some uh, teachers come more with an intellectual understanding and some come from pure love and joy and oneness that you are uh, life is expressing itself through you as, as the unique being that you are, the one of a kind manifestation that you are you're basically life's eyes and ears oneness is experiencing life as you and it's getting 7 billion perspectives And it's all good. When you see this, you realize that Leo's perspective and Greg's perspective and Mike's perspective, if it's all one, how could one perspective be any better than another? It couldn't be. It's just a different perspective. So, well, judgment has to go out the window because if you judge someone else, you're judging yourself. You don't know that. But once you see this, that it's just one, it literally is saying, if you call someone else stupid, you might as well look in the mirror and call yourself stupid because that's what you're literally doing. And and so it's this recognition that it, it is one. And so some names, I made a little list here. I'll just read it. Um, Matt Collins, Scott Killaby. Uh, Jack O'Keefe is another one from Ireland. She's an amazing, very brilliant teacher. Uh, Muji, Oh, God, love Muji. Muji's a smile, and an aura. I know a lot of your listeners must know Muji. And then also Ajeshante. He He's, you know, an incredible teacher, a very popular teacher. And one that's not as well-known, but he's getting there, and he's a, just an enlightened sage, is Dr. Vijay Shankar. Uh, this man is, not only does he, you know, say life is, this is an illusion, he actually explains how the illusion works. And that takes a superior intellect. Should be able to break it down and explain it, and he does it. And he's a powerful man. I just saw him give a couple of spot songs here in L.A. Uh, a month or two ago, and, and that man is brilliant. So you eventually, as you go to enough of these teachers, you begin to see they're kind of all pointing at the same thing, just kind of in a different way. And let me just add that this is a very personal path. What works for one person doesn't mean it's going to work for another. It's like everybody has their own unique combination code, you know, a lock. Our locks are not – it doesn't take the same number. They're all, all the codes are different. So you need to see what works for you. Try it. If it doesn't, discard it move on. And if you keep that openness that you're willing to try – and finally, when you find something that works, you're going to be like, oh, you know, this works for me. That's all that matters. I don't care if it works for anyone else. If it gets you there, if it helps you see truth, that's all that matters. And one last thing I want to say, because really recently this has really helped me, so I want to pass this on. Don't be afraid to claim it. If you see that there's objects in the world and there's awareness, that's it. Either there's objects or there's that which is aware of objects. Objects could be anything. Physical things or even thoughts I consider objects. Pick one. Either you're an object, which you're not, but if you believe you are, if you believe you your thoughts and, or, you know, or your body or something like that, but if you see you're not a, an object, you're not your body, you're not your mind, because you're aware of those things. How could you be those things if you're aware of those things? So if you see that your awareness, and that's your true nature, this perceiving what is ever aware right here, right now, if you see that, grab it. Take a claim. You know, it sounds funny to talk like that, but I found that there's this can be a sticking point, and maybe some of your listeners can relate, because I fell into this, where you kind of go back and forth. Like you'll have some days where you're really present, you're like, okay, I got it. Boy, I really am present. Everything's alive. Colors are brighter. You know, I'm happy. Everybody's you know, just love, 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 and the next day you're in depression. <laughs> you know, you got some bad news or something, and all of a sudden you're like, what happened? What happened? You're kind of blown out. And what I realized after going through this a number of times and then scratching my head and like, what happened? I thought I was so there. I realized that it's almost like you have to take, take, take your mind by the scruff of the neck and say, you know what, buddy? I'm on to you. I'm not my thoughts, and I'm staking my claim as pure awareness in this moment, and I'm not budging. When I finally did that, it was like the mind went, oh, my bad. Got it. It's almost like your mind is waiting for you to stand up to it. it. It, It is like an imposter. The mind's not really the captain of the ship, but if you don't know better, it will try and drive the ship. But as soon as you say, wait a second, you're not the master, you're not running the show, I'm aware of you, so you're just One thing in me, just like my eyes are one thing in me, my hearing, right? My touch, my taste. These things are just something that are a part of you, but they're not you. Does that make any sense?
0: It makes total sense, yep. And, um, you know, what, basically what I heard is that you, you state a very powerful intention is in, in that claiming that it's a very powerful intention to, uh, acknowledge that which is real within you, and to be aware of that which is false, or that which is, as Eckhart says, it's like, a, you know, it's a foreign entity or it's a parasitic entity. It's not you. It's attached itself to you. So you're just really powerfully acknowledging what reality is, actually.
2: Yeah. Did that work for you, Leo?
0: Um, claiming
1: your your awareness and and claiming. Uh, and, and making a stand um, against the against against thought sort of taking a hold of your life um, and having it be uh, just just acknowledging it as as one more part of you um, and and acknowledging that you are not the the depression that might come out over you uh, on a certain dark day or or the, even the joy that might come over you on a certain enlightened day but that the awareness of all of that that is. That is what we are, uh, and it's sort of making a claim on that. The part that I get lost on is who is the one making that claim, and how do we get right. to make that claim? That's Good. where I, that's where we start Good. to get into you know. the into the, the the language tricks that Beautiful. language plays on us, right?
2: Yeah, Leo, you that's you hit it because that trips a lot of us up, in it trips me I fell right into that too. Well, who's the I that you know what? I got to tell you. Let that go.
1: Right, exactly, that's, exactly. That's a
2: trick of the mind. Exactly. Don't even answer it. I'll tell you, here's the analogy. It's like the wave trying to figure out the ocean.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: The wave is yeah. never going to figure out the ocean.
1: Exactly, exactly.
2: Now, it, you can so so the best thing you can do is let don't even pick it up don't exactly. just see it as a landmine and go oh i i don't need to answer that because it's only the mind that wants to know that and, and, and i've
1: been will- it, i've been in those moments i've i've experienced those moments where 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 it's it's I, I catch myself you know you can you can almost feel the mind starting to work trying to figure it out and trying to peg it through linguistics really and linguistics is not you know it's it's a way of Coding the world according to certain words and which are just nothing but things um and and the mind works through those langu- those codes and those you know but that's not th- those codes and that language is not you know it it it, it, it it's almost like um uh, life exceeds all of those things no matter how much we try to code it and how much we try to grasp it. So getting into those mind games and those language games and those rationality games are self-defeating ultimately because then it just becomes an argument, tries, it becomes a, a getting it right puzzle as opposed to a practice of being and a practice of awareness, which is really what we're talking about trying to practice and trying to try, try to cultivate uh, on a, on a constant basis, really a, a practice of the, the meditation of letting go of all of that, silencing the mind, getting that calm pond so that we don't have to uh, uh, clutter ourselves with all of that internal dialogue. Did I get it right? Am I doing it right? But Who's the one? You know? No, no, no. Calm it. Just let it go. Don't engage in that and, and let it pass. You know, that's, so I've caught myself in that. Yeah.
2: yeah, and if it passes, it can't be you.
1: Exactly, yeah.
2: That, that's another thing to know. Awareness, what you are, your true nature, doesn't mm. move. It's here now. It's here now. Still here. Hasn't gone anywhere. It's, it's my friend Peter Jube and I attended his workshop this, this weekend uh, called Clarity is Freedom. And he, he said a couple of funny things that really cracked me up because it was so brilliant the way he did it. He called on someone in the audience and he defied them. He said, try to make this present moment not be present. Like, you could do anything you want, he said to the volunteer. You can jump around, scream, anything you can think to do. Try to make now not be now. And, I, I, and he said, he goes, feel this. The now, right now, he used two words that cracked me up because the way he said it, he said the present moment, and he said is unbudgeable, hmm. unbudgeable. Cannot be but, and then he used another word that I thought was pretty funny. He said, "It's unshut offable,"
1: <laughs>
2: and I cracked up because, yeah, here it is: the present moment is never goes anywhere. So all you're doing is you're not bringing anything in, you're not adding anything. All you're doing is letting go your, of your addiction to your thoughts, and you're, that's it. Once you get free from your thoughts. It's like suddenly you look around and there's just peace. And all of a sudden you realize this peace has always been here, but it was covered up by my thoughts. And then people say to me sometimes, well, Michael, don't I need my thoughts? Yes. But you don't need nearly as many. Probably 90% of your thoughts you don't need during the day. It's just, it's just kind of like the mind will have a conversation with itself. Like, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but the mind can take both sides of the argument you can say, well, I, you know, I can't believe he said that. And the other thing said, so, well, I shouldn't think like that. I'm being judgmental. You know, and, and it'll start arguing with itself. Of
1: course, of course.
2: And then, if you're not careful, you get sucked in that. Yeah, so yeah. It's not you. Let the mind argue with itself. Let it, enjoy it. Enjoy the show. That's what happens. Instead of reacting to it, once you see it's not you, the mind is now viewed as, like, kind of like a little child that kind of acts up a lot. And will try and, you know, pull a fast one on you. But as the adult, you love that child. And you kind of, you know, it's kind of amusing when you see it fancy. But if you if you are attached to it, then it's not funny. <laughs> it's not fun. So that's kind of what we're saying here, is, is what's underneath the mind. And it's, I want to talk for a second about intuition. Because as uh, the point of awakening, to me, the point of freedom, isn't just to be free. That will alleviate the suffering. But... Mm-hmm. The point of it is to create, because until you're free from your thoughts, you're not your full self, but once you see your true nature, then you're free, and then you can really begin to live, because you realize, oh, there are no limits. Mm -hmm. I can do anything. Why can't, what's stopping me? Nothing. That's a thought. And suddenly your thoughts become, instead of the the universe being an obstacle and people being a problem, suddenly you start having thoughts, the entire universe is here to support me. Wow. And then good things start happening to you. It's the weirdest thing. All of a sudden life just opens itself up because you opened yourself up to it. It's like once you come into your heart and you stop trying to make it work for you and you let go and you taste that freedom, then suddenly you have a trust in life. It's like you want what life wants. And suddenly, like Byron Katie talks about, when you argue with reality, you only lose 100% of the time. And so you stop arguing with life and instead you want what you get. So if something happens that on the surface in the past you would have not liked, suddenly you're like, but that's what it is. And since I want what life wants, I don't have a problem with this. It doesn't mean you're going to love, you know, I'm not saying you're like Pollyanna and you're saying this happens, but you don't argue with it. You know, if you get a ticket, you don't think that you shouldn't have got a ticket or it wasn't fair that you got a ticket or you had bad luck, any of that. You're just like, yeah, I was talking on my cell phone and, you know, motorcycle cop pulled by and he looked in my window and I was on the phone. That's what is. That's what happened. It doesn't have to become a problem except when the mind gets the hold of it and thinks that shouldn't have happened. Then suddenly you've created a problem. But look around you right now. Do you see any problems? Really? Look, if you're sitting in your room, look around. I don't see any problems. I'm sitting here in my living room. I'm looking around. I don't see anything called a problem. Nothing in life is a problem. There are no problems. There's just what is. Simply what is. And you know what? You can handle it. You ever notice that? You've been able to handle everything life has thrown at you. Everything that's happened to you, you notice life never gives you more than you can handle. And the proof is, here you are, and you've handled everything in your life to this point, and you've been fine. You've figured out, even if at the time it looked, you know, pretty dire, you weren't sure how you were going to do it. Somehow, some way, you did it. And just to
0: add to that, Michael, what I really in, enjoy this, is this idea is that you can handle life. The, the, what, what you can handle is all your thoughts about it. That's what really brings you down and complicates, you know, whatever life situations are arising. So just trust and know that whatever does come up, you'll be able to navigate that. The challenge comes in is all those thoughts that judge that or complain about that situation.
2: Well said. Well said, Greg. That's exactly it. It's too much of, uh, of our time is spent thinking about life rather than just being life, being in the moment as what you are without the need to think about it. Thinking is just such the booby prize. It's just, gosh, it's really insidious just how much of your energy is used up by thinking. It's like having a computer. And think about what. how does a computer run better if you've got just one piece of software running or when you've got 15 pieces running in the background? How much of that your computer CPU power is that drain? You know, you got to close some programs just to get stuff to work if the thing gets so sluggish. Well, same thing with thoughts. If you got a mind that's constantly worrying about, you're probably tired and fatigued and stressed. Does that take a lot of your life energy out of you to keep those worried thoughts alive? But once this is seen through and those are let go, then when you do have a thought, it, you can really, you know, really enjoy it. You can, you can actually, thoughts aren't the bad guy. It's attachment to thought that are the problem. You need your thoughts, right? If you didn't have a thought, like yeah. how do I drive my car, you couldn't get, so I'm not one of those teachers, it's not about bashing thoughts. It's just about getting clarity on your relationship to thought. Once you do that, oh, God then life really does. Uh, who said, oh, Paul Hederman had a great thing, or Paul Hederman. Um, he said, the party doesn't get good until after you leave.
0: Excellent. You know, there's just a couple other things that I wanted to bring up. Folks on, on a few people made comments on Facebook about teachers that they had uh, resonate with. Uh, Jerry here mentions Jim Drever, who both Michael and I know. Jim is a teacher here in Los Angeles, and you mentioned specifically uh, Jim's book, End Your Story, Begin Your Life, is a brilliant, clearly written blueprint for personal awakening. And Jerry also mentions Matt Kahn, who Michael talked about earlier. And then Ian here, he, um, he mentions Anthony DeMello. And I'm not, I, I know of, the, of that name, but I'm not very clear about what Anthony teaches. And he also mentions, uh, Leo, you might have to help me on here, uh, Paulo. Paulo uh, Coelho? Coelho, Coelho, yeah. I haven't yeah, read any of it. his
1: books yet. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but he's a he has a very famous book. Uh, let's see here. The I Alchemist, actually have right? it on my desk. The Alchemist is actually yep. right in front of me. Yeah, and so sure. those are a couple other teachers that people have mentioned. I just want to make people aware of that, and um, and we have some folks on the phone tonight or on the call tonight. If anyone has any other teachings or teachers that have resonated with you, as we round out the the call here. If you want to, you know, chime in, uh, just go ahead and hit star six on your phone, and we'd love to hear from you and uh, what your experience has been. If there's been any teachings or teachers that have helped you in your journey of awakening, we'd love to have you join the conversation here as we wrap it up here at the end. And um, so, so Michael, Michael, oh, go ahead, Leo, go ahead. That's perfect. Yeah,
1: no, I just uh, I have two questions that have kind of come to mind in, in the course of the conversation. Um, and uh, one of them has been sort of the, the connection to, to some of the older traditions, the older teachings. You know, um, I mean, just in my own experience, discovering you know some of some of the teachings of Buddhism and and uh, Hinduism through my wife, who's from India. You know, and and, and just the, there's this sort of ancient um, wisdom that seems to be, um, you know, evoked in Eckhart Tolle's teachings, and and he seems to. Uh, to draw a lot of the same concepts there, um, and I just wonder if there's any, if there are any traditions that that you know that, or if those are too too heavy or too dogmatic or too ideological, you know. To, I don't know. What's your take on some of the the more ancient you know uh, traditions, spiritual traditions uh, that that resonate with what Eckhart Tolle teaches?
2: Are, are you asking me?
1: Yeah, yeah. Just you know, in your in um, your experience and in going through a lot of these teachings and these these. Uh, more current teachers who might be assimilating or bringing together uh, kernels or maybe whole systems from, from the past, you know, bringing them into the present. You know, what's what do you see? Do you see relationships between some of these more ancient traditions and, and some of the new yeah. teachers? Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I do. Like, for instance, Dr. Greg Good, mm-hmm. uh, standing as awareness, uh, he took a lot of Krishna Menon teaching, uh, a guy named Sri Atmananda was his other name, and he, uh, I think he passed away, like, in 1950 or something. And he mm-hmm. he took a lot of his teaching and, and talks about it. He's, like, kind of an expert on this guy. And if you think about it, it doesn't matter the age of the teaching. Right. You know, people think, you know, people were people. You know, mm-hmm. it, so so it, 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 it's only, my only kind of criteria is if a teacher is telling you you need to go somewhere or they need to touch you or, you know, hit you on the head with a peacock feather. I don't know what, but there's a lot of, and I'm not saying that stuff's not great and it's beautiful and having a a powerful experience or, you know, is blissed out, whatever. That's all great. But I'm interested in practical, everyday, Mm -hmm. ordinary awareness. It's not sexed up. It's not the big thing. It's not some gigantic, you know, you saw God-type feeling, it's always back to right here,
1: right right
2: now, in this moment. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to buy anything, and you don't have to go anywhere. So whether you're sitting in a cave, you know, somewhere in India meditating, or you're at a rock concert, they're both free awareness is, is everywhere because it's, you know, boundless, and timeless, and eternal, and it just is. And so that's what I'm interested in, is any teaching that takes you, that it's within you. If if anybody thinks they're a guru or whatever, that you need them to get there, it's just not true. Mm Hmm.
0: Powerful, well said. Actually, we have someone who wants to join the conversation. Give me one second here, guys. Hello, who do we have joining us tonight?
3: Yes, my name is Tony. Hi, Tony. How are you? Is this Greg?
0: This is Greg, yes.
3: Hi, Greg. I have enjoyed uh, your teleseminar from time to time. And uh, I started uh, appreciating Eckhart Tolle in 2003 and practicing that. And, of course, I've been a seeker all my life. And uh, when you enter the path of seeking, usually different teachers just pop up in your life, whatever you need to get there. Uh, After practicing uh, Power of Now through Eckhart Tolle since 2003, I came aware of a phenomenon that is taking place all over the world. And uh, it's, have you heard of oneness community? Oneness community uh, this is what I, since the subject is for helping humanity and there is no charge, no fee, that's what I like about you guys. And this is the same. Uh, WordOnenessCommunity.com. For yourself, for anybody who's online, I have enjoyed this very much. Compliments, Eckhart Tolle, being present and beyond, mm. and helping all humanity. What it is, the bottom line of it, the human mind—it's uh, so overactivated that with thousands of uh, meditation daily, it's very hard for a human to get that unless it's been given, and through this giving uh, diksha, it slows down uh, the activity of the brain, and the teachings of Eckhart Tolle can click in so easy. So easy, I am talking about the personal experience. And I have tried Eckhart Tolle, and it's phenomenal. It's great. When I become a witness uh, to whatever it is, allowing it to be as it is, or feeling it in my hands, then from the toe to head, uh, through feeling, it's wonderful. But with this, it's so profound. It's incredible, and you can help anybody in your community and that's what the world needs. I recommend very strongly to uh, when you go to the site, just find uh, a, a trainer or a dictionary giver. When you click on that, based it's all over the world. It's popping all over the world. It's phenomenal. Yeah, check it out. The, uh, yeah, word, we'll do that. Um, so bless your heart. Thank you so thank much you, for Tony. what you are doing. And just uh, you're a light worker. And
0: uh, oh, thank you.
3: Bless you and all the light workers who are doing their, uh, you know, devoting their life uh, for humanity's higher consciousness. Thank you. Bless your heart. Thank you,
0: Tony. Okay. You're so welcome. The whole thing, like Michael said earlier, the thing is, is that there's lots of various tools and approaches out there, and to explore those with an openness and see what works for you. For some people, it might be receiving diksha, and for other, you know, they might, wa- and then that person might want to become someone who gives those blessings. But it all depends on what you're into. The purpose of this call was just to make, uh, you know, to have a discussion about what is available out there, what is, you know. And I guess one more that just came to mind right now as we were thinking of uh, talking about Eckhart Tolle is uh, Krishnamurti. He's another one that Eckhart also mentions. And so that's just, again, someone else out there.
3: No, I have done uh, TM, uh, Transcendental Meditation, since 87. Sure. I have done Yogananda, Pramahansa Yogananda, reading his book, Kriya Yoga, uh, yep. you know, just name it, with Babaji, with, um, I've done it, I'm a seeker, just like you are, and everybody else who's online, they are all seekers. But the point is this, what is helping the most, what I have seen in this, it's been incredible, incredible, and so simple, so easy, you don't have to do anything, it, once you receive it, it just does something that slows down the mind, and here you are present. That easy. And,
0: <laughs> and that is the goal: is is that to be present is. as we open the conversation with. Exactly. Exactly. Yes,
3: that easy. All you have to do just receive that energy,
0: and that is you are present. Bless your heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, okay. Tony, so much. All right, Michael. Well, we have uh, kind of gone over a little bit, but if there's anything you want to say to kind of wrap up the the evening here as we go on.
2: Sure. Yeah, I just wanted to give out my web address again, and people can uh, look Please at my do. spiritual uh, book reviews, and I also have a link on the left side, uh, Spiritual Teachers, uh, which uh, there's a whole host of uh, good teachers and a little write-up about them, and I've even got... Uh, my ex spiritual junkie notes, which is my blog, and the website is uh, m, and then my last name Jeffries, J E F F R E Y S dot com, M dot com, and people can go on there and get a bunch of free stuff and book reviews and have a good time. I've also got a collection of uh, 300 good spiritual quotes that uh, most of them are non-duality, but have been really helpful. And you'll see a whole wide range of teachers that have impacted my life. And so I share those with others because they made a difference to me. So hopefully those resources will, will help others, uh, you know, see their true nature and live, live as that.
0: Perfect. And one thing, one thing else I want to say, because this is kind of what happened to me, and you haven't mentioned this, Michael, is that if you feel called to, just head out to the bookstore and start browsing that aisle there where they have all the spiritual books and see if one jumps out at you. I know uh, I've read many stories where people were browsing through their bookstore and they just happened to come across the power of now and upon pulling it out and, and giving it a quick read found something that really resonated with them. So I'd encourage anybody who is uh, looking for something else or who's, you know, again, in in that, in that openness and willing to receive an, a pointer that may help you further along on your journey is to go to the bookstore and just browse the, the titles and see if one jumps out at you. So,
2: Yeah, I I just want to share. I have one last thought because I like to give a lot of things that have helped me. And one thing that uh, uh, popped into my head that I wanted to share was that if, you know, one misconception out there is that uh, when you're resting as awareness, your true nature, and suddenly, uh, let's say, depression or sadness or uh, a feeling or thought arise that feels what we would call, we would label negative, the, uh, it's really important to know this, that that doesn't mean the awareness that you've somehow failed or that somehow you've lost it. The, the big, big secret here, the little dirty secret is awareness is awareness regardless of the thoughts that come and go, whether they're happy thoughts or sad thoughts, whether they're depression thoughts or anxiety thoughts. doesn't matter. You know, does, does awareness care You know, whether you got a ticket today? I don't think so. Does awareness care that you got a raise? No. Awareness is just bam. It's just right here, immovable, and has no qualities to it. And so anything can appear within awareness. Kind of that's one little thing I'd like to leave, like my final little point is don't fall into the trap of believing your thoughts or even your feelings. Let them be. They'll go on their own. They all change like clouds coming and going. Just allow the experience to be. Feel the experience. It's there. That's what life's doing in that moment. Depression can arise. Sadness can arise. But it's the resistance that causes the suffering. If you fully embrace it and say, oh, I notice right now this feeling, this energetic feeling of sadness. Great. No problem. That's what life is choosing. And I choose what I want. What life wants, great. I'm happy. I just got what I wanted.
0: Awesome, Michael. Thank you so much, uh, Leo. Any other last-minute reflections here as we round, round up, wrap up the call?
1: My contribution, so to speak, for the for the the alternative or the the beyond Tole totally, um, uh, group of, of teachings here is is the uh, the San Francisco Zen Center. Like I said, I, I found. Uh, a number of free podcasts there. Um they have all of their Dharma talks uh that they do every weekend two or three and they're they're absolutely you know, they're free and, and so much of it has resonated uh with everything that I've been learning and practicing through through my discovery of Eckhart's teachings. And so much of it, it just seems to be they seem to be so related. Uh and I've just I've just found uh, a lot of serenity uh and And you know the ability to just like I said, uh, uh, experience that peacefulness and that presence just by listening to these to these uh, wise men and women speak uh, on these topics, um, to me it's been a gold mine, you know so in, in terms of contributing and making recommendations of, of teachers and, and of spiritual uh, concepts out there, uh, the San Francisco Zen Center has been fantastic for me, and that's uh s f zc.org, and uh, they have a whole collection of of podcasts available. Uh, I'd recommend that to anyone who's seeking to you know ex- expand the uh, the range of of, uh, of teachings and of teachers. Uh, so thank you, Michael, for for joining us, and I I have to apologize for not. Uh, 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 you know, contributing too much. I'm, I'm getting through the, uh, the tail end of the flu. I've had a very high fever throughout the weekend, and I'm not all here mentally. Maybe that's a good thing. My mind is not all here. Maybe that means some more time. <laughs> <laughs> so, but thank you, Michael, so much for joining us again on on, uh, on the teleseminar and for all that you've brought to the conversation. Thank you.
2: Okay. Thank you very much, guys. Take care.
0: All right. Take care. Yep. And that is pretty much it for us here. I do want to say that uh, if you're listening to this and if you know of a teaching or a teacher or someone that's resonating with you, if you want to leave a comment on the Living with Tole website, just go over to the website where the post is for this, uh, uh, the recording is, and then there will be a comment section there. We'd love to have you leave a comment of of a teacher or a teaching that you found helpful in your journey of awakening and then, of course, as other people come along and read that, they'll benefit from that, too. So, and all the different uh, teachers and teachings that were mentioned tonight, those links will also be on the website. And you can just go visit that post, and there'll be a, a, you know, a bunch of links that you can click on. And teachings we discussed here tonight. So really appreciate Michael joining us, and also Tony for contributing there. And uh, really uh, appreciate everyone joining us and listening right now. And... Uh, Lou, anything else before we sign off? Thank you,
1: everyone, for joining us on the call. And thank you, Greg, for uh, for hosting this and leading our conversation. And thank you, Michael, for joining us and everyone else who uh, joined us for the call.
0: All right, everybody. Take care. Have a nice night. Good night, everyone.